0: You're listening to a SPIN podcast. We're interested in investigating the interconnections between secrecy, power, and ignorance that shape our world today. Hello, um, welcome back to the SPIN podcast. We're joined today by Mike Bourne, who's a reader in international security studies at Queen's University of Belfast. And he's here to talk today with us about multi-sensory dimensions of secrecy. Um, before we kick off, I just wanted to say I'm really excited to talk to you today, only because a couple of days ago, I was in Washington, D.C., visiting the new International Spy Museum. And they they have themselves a board talking about sensing secrets. And I thought, perfect. Um, Here I can uh, get an expert's take on why the International Spy Museum might be so interested in thinking about what it means to sense secrets. So, uh, Mike, maybe you could start off telling us a little bit about your latest project.
1: Yeah, the project is kind of an attempt to draw together bits of other projects that, um, or ideas from other projects that I couldn't quite make work and trying to figure out why and how to do something a bit a bit new and interesting with it so that's always the intention isn't it but it comes out of i spent the last few years um doing lots of work as part of research teams studying borders in various ways so doing ethnographies of border sites at ports and airports working uh, with border agencies and so forth and then prior to that doing an ethnography of science, uh, following scientists and engineers as they developed a little handheld border sniffer technology uh, to detect chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear materials and all of those sorts of things. That kind of is partly animated by um, fairly well-established concerns now around uh, the securitization of mobility and what that does to, to how security practices are enacted. So what I wanted to do there is pick up on some of the things that most interested me about how we saw those practices working. Because border guards and scientists and engineers, as they're trying to figure out how do they detect something that's been hidden that's dangerous in some way, right? They're they're enacting danger in a particular way. that It's not even there's something hidden, there's something secret here. There may be something hidden or secret there that's dangerous to us. And they do it through... They can't really articulate what that is. They they think, well, no, it's just instinct. I just, you just know it when you see it. It's something that we hear a lot. And they rely on sniffer dogs a lot. But they don't know how sniffer dogs work. Like, they know it's a dog. They know they lead it around. They train it, all of those sorts of things. But they don't know what it is that allows a cash detection dog to detect cash. And why can it pick up a big wedge of euros but not 50 quid in your back pocket. They don't know what it is that does that. So there was something going on there that was both multi-sensory, but also a sense in which how we know is itself inscrutable. And we get that sometimes also with a lot of the work that's going on now on algorithmic governance, right? And machine learning, forms of machine learning that say, well, we produce the risk scores through these algorithms, but the engineers can't know it. They can't know what's going on inside that. And this is a big problem for politics, for democracy, for publics, for all of these sorts of things. So there's something inscrutable going on about how we know and mobilize knowledge politically and in security politics. And I was thinking, well, how do we get to some of that? Not to actually find and uncover the answer, but how do we engage some of the problematics that raises? And a big one for me came to be the multisensory. That we can't understand that when knowing is always a subject, knowing an objective world that it's separate from through perspective and distance and all the usual stuff.
0: When we conceive of it, knowing is in the visual form.
1: That's exactly it. That's exactly what I was, yeah.
0: Right. For people who um, might have listened to Oliver Kearns' work or his talk, um, Oliver is working on the auditory as well and and trying to shift the conversation around secrecy from this visual domain into, I think, what you're engaged with is trying to think more multimodally, multisensory in lots of different ways.
1: Yeah, I started by thinking, well, why don't I... I have a problem with at least the metaphors of vision all the time. Like there's great critical work on visuality. And vision and visuality is not just how, we're, how that sort of critique operates against, right? But nor do we have to disrupt that problematic kind of set of assumptions only through the visual, but by bringing in other senses. So I thought, great, I'll work on smell. Smell's great. Smell is indistinct from the other senses. Smell is something we all do. Smell is something we do a lot for alarm, for the smell of smoke to checking the smell of the milk in the fridge to as of this morning checking if your baby's got a dirty nappy you know (laughs) the world through smell without vision at all right so you pick up on certain things that way and I thought okay how do I do that around security and I thought well there's lots of different cases but radiation sensing is a big theme that's run through several different projects over the years so let's start with some of the stuff I know best and work it through there and of course, I then realized actually smell, yeah, it kind of works because radiation detection is often atmospheric, but smell is chemical sensing, it's chemosensing. Radiation detection isn't, it's energy, it's energy signature. And actually, that sort of kicked off and sort of gathering a bunch of declassified documents and reading through some of the sort of histories of science of some of these things. Kicked off a sense that actually, no, not only is the senses indistinct and multiple, but there's all sorts of shifts going on here that reflect particular geopolitical uh, and biopolitical productions and are productive of them. That's kind of what I'm trying to get at. It's exploratory and loose and it won't stay still. But I still kind of like that about about the project. <laughs> okay, so
0: can you tell me a little bit more about some of the other types of compromising emanations? That's yep. one of the phrases I've heard you use before. Yeah. Or the signatures that are part of this landscape, of, of this multi-sensory ways of knowing or, or concealing information.
1: Yeah, I haven't got to the concealing bit very much yet. And I, I know I should because we're talking about secrecy, but...
0: Well, that's okay. Even the way that we engage. I think with the compromising
1: emulations is is kind of, when I came across it, I, I sort of seized on it as okay, maybe this rather than smell, perhaps, is the best way of of describing how, um, the practice and politics of this works, because it doesn't say that there is an objective world that you see. It says, and I'm, I'm using Sarah sometimes with this, that. The material world reveals things about the social, the political and all those sorts of things because it's lively, because it's active, because it's agential, because it's unruly. And that sort of unruliness of the material world that is such a, a strong theme in New Materialist and post-human work. I think that was probably the easiest way to, to frame it as actually, no, the world is not a static backdrop. It's active. And we get that through the compromising emanations because... And
0: emanations is a nice word for it. It makes me yeah. think about um, a com- uh, comparable words like excess or yes. Donna Haraway's conceptions oh, of, absolutely. Uh, you know, the body is... Um, yeah, it emanates into the world in a particular way. Yes, So absolutely. Um, so thinking about compromising emanations, though, we're talking about, like you said before, we're talking about the smell of money, that yep. an, a, a, a $50 bill or a $50 um, yeah, pa- uh, pound um, note doesn't necessarily emanate. 8 the same way as a stack of uh, no. cash would. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about the ways in which, uh, connected to my research, special operators have to be aware of their own smell emanations right. as they go on operations. Yes. Um, and the, the steps they may or may not take to control, or uh, an inability to control those emanations, or or detect the <laughs> emanations of others. Right. So, That's where there's so, a yes, school voice <laughs> to emanations. Right. But, yeah. it's, a, it's an interesting word. It's a very productive word to think about it as emanations. Yeah. Um, um, beca- because we've got sound emanations and, and smell emanations and, and light emanations, yeah. I've been thinking about it in terms of the word discipline, right? So we talk about noise yeah. and light discipline in the um, when it comes to um, military operations. But okay, so we've got um, we've got compromising emanations and signatures and traces as some of the words that we use. Yeah. Um, is there, are, so what other sorts of ways are, are, does this approach allow us to think about uh, politics and power differently?
1: So one of the ways it allows us to think about things differently, about politics differently, is the scalar and the spatial dimensions to it. So a lot of the sort of infrastructures that I was talking about, um, these are planetary because they have to be planetary because the emanation and its flow and its mobility and mobilisation is itself a planetary scale thing. Right, so there has to be a planetary scale sensor, otherwise, it's it's just not going to do the job.
0: Well, even just thinking about you know the, the technologies that have been uh, in operation for decades, the sort of this, the planetary scale of yep. nuclear yep. Uh, detection that yep. has been in operation, um, yep. and the and the so you know going back to the DC Spy Museum, their sensing secrecy yep. started with the story of uh, detecting uh, Earth movement tremors yes. in connection with nuclear testing. So that's right, yeah. That's, so
1: Be post-1960s and the development of seismology. There's there's a lot of literature on that one. Um, And some of it actually begins earlier almost with... um, One thing that really interests me about this is, yes, we have these big infrastructures that get to the planetary in order to get to the microscopic, right? That juxtaposition of scales that doesn't make any sense in traditional IR levels of analysis terms is absolutely central to actually how secrecy and and the politics of, of nuclear weapons and threat actually works. So that that messes with stuff in a really, hopefully interesting ways. But there's also a sense of covert sensing, and I wanna do more on that. Because there's a, you know, that might be something that's productive to engage with notions of transparency and publicity and publics and democracy. <laughs> um, In the, you know, some early covert sensing would be radiation detectors hidden in plastic rocks by the side of railway tracks to try and monitor Soviet missile movements and all of that sort of stuff. There was a lot of that, and there's a parallel to that, to what happens, it probably happened to me this morning, I didn't notice it, to radiation detectors that are picking up um, people supposedly possibly smuggling nuclear materials through airports, which are hidden. There's no signs up saying they do that like they've got big archway detectors for trucks to go through, but radiation detectors that pick up people they're embedded in doorways right so there's a covert there's a sense of the invisible invisibility of the sensing so none of this is about exiting from thinking about the visual but it's situating the visual in amongst all these other senses um,
0: and always thinking yeah. about for me it always comes back to the cat and mouse the yeah. cat and mouse between yeah. the sensing and the, the concealing and the revealing that you always have to think of these two together yes. um, um, great, okay so um, I think we're going to um, wrap that up today but I'm just going to say a thank you to Mike for joining us and for it's providing such uh, thoughtful uh, contributions to, their, to our conversations about
1: secrecy. Okay, thank you. Great to see you.
0: You've been listening to a Spin Podcast. For more episodes, please check out our website, secrecyresearch.com, or find us on iTunes.